Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Ohio, we have Tim Dimoff on the phone. Tim is... He's kind of a big deal in the world of security and policing. He's also a retired police detective from Ohio. Uh, I think it's Akron, Ohio Police Department. Is that correct, Tim? That's correct. Thanks for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thanks for having me, Jay. Before we go into details of what we're going to discuss, because a lot of things we've been talking about, having a discussion about, tell people what you do now, where they can get more information. Well, what we do right now is we're based in Ohio. We, we do service all over Ohio and all over the United States. We specialize in what we call high-risk workplace issues. So that's going to be your active shooter, your security, your investigations, undercover, special events, planning, policies, procedures. We really tackle the tough security and the human resource issues and we sprinkle in a lot of training for a lot of different entities. That sounds like stuff that really not you'd expect the government to be doing, but they really don't do that. They're not qualified for that. Well, it's amazing. You know, as a law enforcement officer, you're so busy taking care of crime on the street. Who's taking care of the crime within the four walls of a business or a building or an organization, or a nonprofit, or even a bigger event that's going on? And the answer is, you really got to rely on those retired or experienced law enforcement, military people, and professional security people to handle inside the walls of the businesses and building, and that's exactly what we do. And you say we, what's the name of the company? SACS. Consulting and Investigative and Security Services. That's S-A-C-S, correct? That is correct. And I believe, because I'm actually in front of the Google, as my uh, older friend would say, that's S-A-C-S-Consulting.com, S-A-C-S-Consulting.com. You've also written some books as well. Yeah, I've written several books. I've written several books on the topic of substance abuse, drug abuse, recognizing it within your kids, your employees, your business, society 
I was a narcotics detective uh, for 15 years as part of my law enforcement experience. I have another book where I've studied rage and aggression in America for over 40 years, and that book is called Life Rage. And if we're not living life rage right now, uh, I couldn't give you a better description. You took the words right out of my mouth because it seems like so many people are on the edge all the time. Simple things like driving to work. It's, it's, I tell people, look, I'm a calm, mild-mannered guy, and I insist on having a relaxed, peaceful life. After all the, the violence, police work, I don't want any part of that stuff. But I feel it, and I see it, and I sense it just driving eight miles to work. Yep. Yeah. Aggression, violence, anger, pick them all, have significantly gone up in the last 10 years. Our national research team constantly is researching the trends, and, and our biggest trend that we're seeing is aggression, violence, vulgarity, I hate to say it, but in-your-face type of action. Yeah, and we'll get back to the conversation in a moment. But my wife and I, several times, she's keenly aware. Uh, We met well after I retired from police work, but she's keenly aware that that maybe my radar is more sensitive than other people. And then when I start ratcheting up, she sees the signs, and she's very good at diffusing me. But maybe after all I've been through, I'm more... You said earlier in the conversation, having police to work in your workplace to help you assess violent threats. Maybe I'm more aware of what could turn bad than most people. Yes. What you are is you're more aware of it, and I am the same, being law enforcement background. You're more sensitive to it. Your radar picks up on the small signals of aggression before the normal, everyday person picks up on it because they haven't been around it to the degree you or I have or other law enforcement or security people. And that's natural human instinct. The more you're around it, the more you can pick it up, sense it quicker. And here's where it gets dangerous. And I don't mean dangerous is like life and death. I have to temper my reaction to all these things because I know I'm sensitive to it. And my reaction after years of police work is when I sense a threat of violence towards me that I immediately try to put the other person on the defensive and become aggressive myself. It's not productive in this day and age. My wife left Walmart the other day and a fist fight broke out at the shopping carts. And I'm like, did you get out of Dodge? She's like, yeah, good. But I'm not the one to do that. Someone has to tell me. Yeah. Well, you know, when you've been involved in police work, your trained instinct becomes to diffuse, to intercept, to stop, and to make a positive difference on a negative action. Easier said than done, uh, especially in today's climate. Before we do that, Tim, let's talk about your police career, bird's eye view from start to finish. Well, basically, uh, I started out with the Akron, Ohio Police Department, eventually went and became a member of the federal task force. I had a great career. I enjoyed it. I I loved servicing the community and the people. And I made sure I had a variety from just a couple years in patrol. Then I went to high crimes unit, undercover narcotics, came out, ran the narcotics unit, major cases, federal task force, and wrapped up my career and jumped right in on the private side to really doing very similar to what I did as law enforcement. Just 
dealing with the negative and the aggressive behavior, but now doing it on the private side. I noticed on a website, I did a little research into your background, and there's a story in there about basically how your career ended. You were hurt on a raid? Yeah, basically any time you're going to work a high crimes unit and then spend seven years in SWAT, and I was first entry man, I had to confront the armed subjects uh, and the uh, deranged subjects uh, in barricaded situations uh, for seven years, and then going undercover narcotics. I had 11 injuries. Thank God none of them uh, is super serious, and obviously I'm alive. But back injuries, a busted jaw, a, a knee, an ankle, a couple other parts, it starts to add up as you get older. And I went through a year of rehab, came out, still did some police work, but light duty, decided that was enough, and took my career a different direction. That sounds very similar to my career path. We'll talk more about that when we return. We're going to really focus our attention on the current climate, not just for law enforcement, but for everybody in general, because there is an increased threat of violence for everyone. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. One of the questions I get all the time is how can I show my support for law enforcement? But there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. Think of it this way. Facebook has about 2 billion registered users worldwide. So you can make a difference. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. We're talking with Tim Dimoff. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. We have a new podcast. It's called True Crime Fighters Podcast. Yes, it's another true crime podcast, but a little bit different. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories, but very little is told of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. Do a Google search for True Crime Fighters podcast, subscribe today, or check us out on Facebook. Do a search for True Crime Fighters. Turn conversation with Tim Dimoff. Tim is a retired Akron police detective. He is also he, he's a national security consultant with SaxConsulting.com. He's an author, he's a keynote speaker, and a national expert testifying in court as well. The current climate, you know, I don't know about you, but I watch the news in the morning, kind of have to with what I do uh, with the radio show, and I watch it with one eye closed. It's like, what's going to happen in my hand or what's going to happen next? It's like you take a pot, you, you put some water and, and peas or whatever in it and you, and you put it on simmer and put a lid on it and after a while it starts boiling and it starts getting it's like they've turned up the heat it's like never ending it seems in the news with violence and and threats of violence and fires and arson and i, I just can't i can't get away from it yeah you know really what's happened is if you take it from the bottom and and, and show that build up of steam originally COVID-19 has had a tremendous effect on aggression and violence. And when you start with COVID, you had human beings, massive amounts of human beings, confined at home, locked down, unable to get out and do the simple things that they used to do day to day. 
and then they can't go to work, and they have to be cautious about going to get gas in their car or grocery store. And you take these human beings that are not used to that, and you confine them and you lock them up. And you leave them locked up and restricted for months. And then all of a sudden, two, three months later, you're going to let, for lack of a better description, this caged animal out. Well, a caged human being, animal, whatever term you want to use, having all that stored up aggression in that now comes out and starts to have some freedom back, some, some real ability to get out and about. And then as they come out, we got all this aggression that has to deal with Black Lives Matter, law enforcement, aggression on the street, and we also got a hot potato going between Republicans and Democrats, and we got a presidential election coming with lots of controversy. And you mix all that up, it is nothing but a recipe for a bonfire of aggression. And that's exactly where we're at right now. But I don't want to be part of it. That's the thing. See, I know me, and early in our conversation, we talked about this, my sensitivity level to threats of violence, and you have that too, and most people working in law enforcement do. So when I see behavior that starts making the radar go off, I don't want to react to it. I And because, quite honestly... And back in the day, people made to understand this. We were we were taught a term. You probably remember this. It was verbal judo. Uh, and for example, when we did drug raids on houses, everybody came running in. Everyone was screaming, yelling, police, and it's all designed to get you off your game so you don't know how to respond. And a lot of times, it involved vulgarity and, and it was aggressive in nature. I'm not saying it was meant to be mean. It was done as a tactic. And I find myself wanting to resort to that, but I don't want to because I know it's going to inflame the scenario and the situation. Well, every day, you, me, and everybody is bombarded 24-7. Newspaper, magazines, news channels, TV, radio, people. The difference between today and let's just say 10, 20 years ago 10, 20 years ago, there were breaks in the bombardment of the negativity of that information that was provided and hit everybody. There is, and there is actually zero break of it from today. You can go in your car, turn your radio on, you'll hear about it. Drive down the road, you'll encounter it. Go home, turn your radio on, you'll hear about it. Or you talk to your wife or husband or someone, neighbors, and they're engaging you. The problem here is this is does not turn off. And that constant bombardment, we're not built to take it. And therefore, we all get tired of it or overreact or, or, or say stupid things or whatever. And... And, and it is hard to avoid it. And what some people are doing today is they're going to extremes. They're just totally not going to talk about it. I know people that won't even turn their TV on. They won't even read a newspaper. They just totally, the only way they can handle it is have zero contact with it. And social media is the worst. And I'm on it all the time promoting episodes of law enforcement radio show and podcast promoting articles from our partners at law enforcement today which by the way just go to letradioshow.com you can find all these great news articles editorials there but there's there's no break and when 
things have, have have calmed down a little bit, but it's still simmering. It's like that pot we talked about earlier. But when it was, I remember nights going, oh, now they're now it's erupting in Atlanta. Now it's erupting in New York. Now it's erupting in D.C., Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles. And it was like, I'm going to lose my mind. And I know I'm not alone. No, you're not alone at all. And really, the majority of Americans are very frustrated with everything that's going on. But let me explain something that's kind of interesting. The majority of Americans are tired of it. They are ignoring it. They are turning away from it. And they are not engaging in it. But the only group left, those that want to boast, yell, scream, protest, destroy, be aggressive, that group, because the bigger group is quiet and pulling away, that other violent or aggressive group now has center stage, and they are now being permitted to have more say, and they're, they're the only ones out there that really are ranting and raving and taking position. So basically, we've made their stage bigger for them. And that's part of the, the old question for me. And, and I'm going to go back to social media. By the way, Law Enforcement Radio Show Facebook page. And people, and I call them cowards behind a keyboard, no matter what I post, someone's going to make a comment. And it's going to be derogatory and it'll be personal. We call them trolls. Now, I have learned over time, Tim, that I just don't engage them because, A, I don't want to bring attention to them and their so-called cause or beliefs. But, B, is the old Mark Twain saying is never argue with a stupid person. They'll just drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. And in social media, they'll do it in public and they'll screenshot it and they'll make you look bad. Yeah. The Internet was one of the best things that ever happened and it was also one of the worst things that have ha- it has ever happened. And... What the Internet has done, it has given every person the ability to feel and imagine and to actually be on the front page of a newspaper. The Internet comes off for people in most cases as they've got front and center stage, front of a newspaper, and they got a whole bunch of people listening to them. And the Internet does have a bunch of people listening to every single person that puts anything out there. Whether you agree with it or not, it still gives you center stage. And that's a dangerous thing because it distorts false information. It can instigate. And the last thing the Internet does is it unites a lot of people who have a lot of negative Thought. We're going to take a short break on that note. This is Law Enforcement Show. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, 
co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Back to our conversation with Tim Dimoff, or Timothy Dimoff. He is a retired Akron, Ohio police detective. He's also a national security consultant. The, the company is Sachs Consulting, S-A-C-S, consulting.com. He's also written several books. He's a speaker and a national expert. Before we end the break, Tim, we were talking about the wild, wild west of the internet, especially social media, and it is so easy. Here's what I do. Him, I'll see something. Somebody will say something to me. Oh, you were tagged in this comment, and I want to go. And another thing, I just want to launch into these people. But I've learned I don't do that. As a matter of fact, I just some people might think I'm too passive doing the turtle bit. I just let it go, let them have their say. And if it's not ultra ultra personal, I just leave it alone. But it's so easy to get trapped in, and I've seen people do it. I've seen a lot of prominent people with television shows, radio careers, in the public eye, and they spout off on the internet and say something that was stupid, and it winds up ending their entire career. Yeah, there's some devastating blows people have taken to their careers, their personal reputation. Totally incorrect, uncalled for, but the damage is tremendous. And what you're speaking about is feeding the fire. And you're, you got the right attitude. You get something on there negative that it's just really, it, it, it's, it's a runaway train. It's a loose cannon. You're better off letting them vent and you not engaging them. Because people have to remember, when you engage them, it's like volleyball. You're letting the ball go back and forth over the net and the game just gets more intense. But if you don't show any interest in hitting that ball back over, they're going to turn around and go somewhere else to somebody else that they can fire up. It's hard at times to bite your lip. But in, in many cases with the Internet, it's best just to let it be and say everybody has the right to their opinion. And under my breath, I always say everybody has the right to their useless opinion. <laughs> and, so my I da- just leave it at that. My dad used to tell me when he was alive, he'd say, what do you call a one-man boxing match? And I'd be, I don't know. And he goes, there is no such thing. You have to choose to get in the ring and fight with them. And, and that's where I had the power. And I think policing helps what I've learned. For example, I see videos, I see pictures of, of these cops at these protest scenes, and they got people screaming in their face and fingers pointing in their face. and all. The, I find all that to be very, very annoying. makes me very angry. But we learned, just like you did, that you might mutter under your breath, you might smile, and you might say, be careful, brother, because I'll be here 20 years, and I'll see you sometime again in the future where you could have gotten a break and you won't. So I don't respond. The overall state of policing in the United States, they make it sound like this is we have the worst police in the world. Is that a fair assessment? You know, you're taking a profession, police, that... 
every police officer, past, present, and future, will admit that the police profession is not perfect. Okay? So let's start right from the beginning and say we're just like any other profession. Doctors, nurses, lawyers, you know, truck drivers, you pick it. We're not a perfect profession. No profession is perfect. And police officers will admit it. The George Floyd case, there isn't a policeman in the United States that isn't upset with what that officer did to discredit the men and women in blue. And people need to understand that, and they need to get that in their heads. And if if we need to move forward with better training, better understanding, teaching de-escalation, these are all valuable types of suggestions. Police across the country are more than willing to engage in that. But why do we turn around and say that uh, we want to defund a police department? And I always give this example with the news media. I said, how many teachers across the United States have we had who physically or sexually abused or had relationships with students? We never once said, let's defund that school building or that that school district or that city's funding for schools. We've never even thought about defunding a school system because of all the abuse that we see with teachers across the board. And that's just one good example. There's others in all professions. And police, we don't need to defund. We need to recommunicate and reestablish the new direction and new training we need to go. I agree. The the funding means less training, means less equipment, means less of of these special programs that that help at-risk youth and all these things. When you defund department, when things get cut financially, the first thing that happens is all the extra units get stripped down. Everybody gets back to what we call patrol because that's the backbone of your department. That's the people who answer the 911 calls. But a big thing that I was raised with in policing was accountability. And I was given a post and it was a big deal to get a post, Tim. And when I did, my sergeant said, look, if I pull up here and I point to someone and you don't know who they are, you don't know who their parents are, you don't know if they're a good guy or a bad guy, you have not done your job. Absolutely. It's excellent point that you're making. And I think we, we have communities that are changing. I think we have needs to incorporate some good creative and and upgraded type of training in different things. But you can't have a couple bad actions turn into a massive type of assault on a profession. And and that's where we're at right now. So we got a lot of rebuilding to do. And it also does not make sense. I know you went through this. I went through it. Everybody I know in policing has gone through it. Something happening in L.A., and they, they – take it out on us in Baltimore. We had nothing to do with that. As a matter of fact, it's a different state, different rules, different laws, different department. Everything's different. The, the people involved are different. And, and it's we see it happening. And I, I, my opinion is the George Floyd thing was horrible. I don't know. If, I have not talked to one cop that said maybe there's something. No one's defended this at all. But within days, it seems like we had organized assaults on police across the United States. And to me, that's not logical. No, it's, it's not logical at all. But basically, it's like walking on thin ice. Many Americans who 
oppose or think that there's negative thinking or behavior amongst people in blue. The George Floyd case was just that one incident that they were waiting for, that spark, that match to light the fire. And it really isn't about George Floyd. George Floyd was just the reason, the cause, the match that lit the fire that was close to happening. And and we need to understand that there's a lot behind that, much more than just the single incident. And we need to move forward and figure out how we can come back together. But we got other types of pressures out there, COVID, presidential elections, and an extreme amount of animosity between Republicans and Democrats. So throw that in there. That's like adding three, four more logs to the fire. It is, and it just makes that pot boil and boil and boil. And eventually, my big fear is that things are going to explode. We're talking with Tim Dimoff. Tim is a retired Akron, Ohio police detective. He's also a national security advisor and consultant. He's an author. Uh, go to their website, saxconsulting.com, S-A-C-S consulting.com. And he's also a national speaker and an expert uh, in, in many criminal matters and civil matters in court. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, never fear. You can listen to them online as a podcast. Just go to our website, letradioshow.com, where you'll find all the podcast episodes and much more. That's letradioshow.com. Hey, folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. When you get there, click like and follow. Has click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today radio show on Facebook. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. We're taking a short break. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today Podcast Network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley, retired Baltimore police sergeant, joined by Tim Dimoff, retired Akron, Ohio police detective, and also like he's a big deal when it comes to security, advising, consulting. Our website is saxconsulting.com. He's an author, uh, timothydimoff.com, and he's also a speaker and a national expert. Tim, before we end the break, we're talking about so many things about the current situation. Uh, COVID, uh, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, politics, the, the extreme divide between Republicans and Democrats. And I, I'll be honest with you, people want to drag me into a political conversation. And I don't mind politics having conversation what I disagree with and I don't like. And I'm like many cops. I don't like partisan politics. And, and I certainly don't like being forced into a corner and decide 
I'm on one side or the other. Uh, is that what you see going on? Yeah, I, I I see a lot of it. You know, there is a boatload, and I would say the majority of Americans right now that will not engage in crucial conversation anymore about any topic from politics to Black Lives Matter to different types of movements, religion, you name it. They will not talk about it. They will not engage. And the bottom line for the reason they won't engage is my number one rule when I'm talking to someone or I'm holding a meeting or I'm talking to someone about a debate. I only have one rule, and that rule is let's agree it's okay to disagree. And it's a powerful statement because let's agree it's okay to disagree. We are missing that today in most conversations. I have a conversation with someone about politics, police, religion, whatever, and what I'm noticing is in majority of times they will not even begin to consider maybe changing their mind or seeing partially what I'm saying. And if you can't agree to disagree, don't have that conversation. It's that much of an importance. Back, well, I use the term, you can be disagreeable without being disrespectful. You can still remain friends and disagree totally about certain things. And this goes back to my police experience. Most of the times when we had to arrest someone, it wasn't a hostile situation. It wasn't violent. And you explain people's options and say, hey, it's Friday night. You can leave the house, come back tomorrow, and enjoy your weekend. Or you can stand your ground, and you're going to leave with us. That's the simplified version of it. Uh, the other thing was you can say and disagree with me all you want, but the minute you put your hands on me or threaten me, it's game on. We were taught to be respectful to everyone, but when they changed the tone of the conversation, we didn't back down. No, you couldn't back down. You had a duty there. You gave them some options. And most people back during your time, my time, were smart enough and didn't want to confront or escalate the aggression. Today, it's the opposite. Let me give you a great example on the private side. Ten years ago, when we're dealing with companies and terminated employees, ten years ago, we might get three, four, maybe five calls the entire year from our corporate clients that said, we terminated this person or we're going to terminate them, and we're worried about this guy exploding on us, being a ticking time bomb. Can you come here with a couple guys? Can you come armed? Can you be prepared to help us de-escalate? And, of course, we specialize in those high-risk things, so that's something we did. Just 10 years ago, three to five average a year. Today, Jay, we are averaging five to seven per month of dealing with these terminated employee aggressive behavior, and they're flagrantly threatening CEOs, HR managers, supervisors. Aggression is significantly up, and people think it's okay to verbalize it, to go on the Internet, to do threats, and to actually act it out. Back when I was growing up, 
I, I think things are different. And and I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy sitting on the porch saying, hey, kid, get off my grass. And I don't respect nowadays. I don't want to be that old geezer kind of guy. But there were consequences to being disrespectful back in the day. And you learned, whether it be with the neighborhood kids, we get in fights with our friends, and then two days later we better and never have a problem again because you learn respect. That simple thing seems to be gone from the equation. Am I wrong? Now, unfortunately, respect for authority, respect for the older generation, okay, respect for teachers, police, uh, supervisors, managers. You can go right down the line. Why has respect been so minimized today? Why, why did we lose it? Respect for the American flag. We could talk all day oh, yeah. on that. Okay, all of a sudden, we now see the National Football League, other uh, sports, other entities making all sorts of monetary donations and claims and taking out uh, ads to support other types of, I'll call it minority issues or, or other issues that mean a lot to other organizations, which I'm sure you and I both don't have a problem with. But if you look back in the last five, seven years, the NFL, just as an example, wouldn't let certain football players wear purple cleats that was a, a acknowledgement of domestic violence and the need to curb it. They wouldn't allow Tim Tebow to kneel after he scored a touchdown uh, in honor of his, of his religious god, they stopped athletes from wearing certain colors in protest to bullying and other things. And now all of a sudden, all that has changed. And, and, and you know, people need to understand the flag, the United States flag, is a huge issue. It's not a matter of protesting. It's a matter of being disrespectful to the flag. You can protest but don't be disrespectful to the flag. That's where we need to separate those, and we have too much of the blending of things that are good with the things that are bad. One of the things that we are not allowed to do when I was policing is, and people talk about the First Amendment and free speech, and, and by the way, all police I know, myself included, firmly respect and protect people's right to protest, to assemble, to, to file grievances against the government, the Second Amendment, all those things. However, we were not allowed to talk about things like that on the job. If we had a protest, you were not able to do it while you're working. When we worked in the polls during elections, we were not allowed to even side with a candidate. We just were not allowed to do that. And that carries over in my daily life. And I wish we all could find a way to do a little bit more of that. Before we run out of time, Tim, I want to give you a chance to tell people where you can find more information about you, your books, and all that you do. It's, it's pretty simple, Jay. All, all people have to do is go to and Google Sachs Consulting, S-A-C-S, Sachs Consulting. You Google that or you Google my name, Tim Dimoff. Just remember, dim off those lights, Tim Dimoff. You put either one of those in on the Internet in Google or any search engine, you will get plenty of information of what we're doing we're involved in a lot of very high-risk stuff, but we're also involved 
in a lot of giving back to the community. I have a program called Silent Angels where we're giving back and we're helping the less fortunate in, across all walks of life from victims' assistance to battered women to disabled veterans, you know, to everything. And, and I, I tell you, I tell people, God is always good to you, and at some point in your life, you got to give back. And, and I'm at that point, and I'm enjoying my job, I'm enjoying leading, and I'm enjoying engaging, but I'm also enjoying giving back. Tim Demoff or Sachs Consulting, you'll get plenty of information. And we're going to have Tim back on the show in the future. And he's what you call an old school cop. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Uh, or we take care of the community and we hold each other accountable. We'll talk about that in the future. Tim, so, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Jay, thank you. And thank you for all you do. And thank you for your service. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours. The Law Enforcement Today radio show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. We got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to get yours today. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. Another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.